close your eyes. You're at an event, and the guest speaker doesn't show up. Everyone is looking at you to be the speaker. Are you going to do it, or are you going to run? Welcome to the Protect the Dream Project. My name is Mark DeLeon. I am your host. So I know it's been a little while, but uh, we're here with another episode. I know I promised you to have an episode once a month, but, you know, life kind of takes on its own thing. So here we are. Now, the goal of the Protect the Dream Project is to be a resource for you, to help you to move forward. We want to give you the skills to be able to do a face plant and to get back up and to move forward it's not only about the feel-good stuff it's about giving you practical tools and the confidence to move on to that next level in your life but that practical stuff also comes with things like learning about skills so i'm an insurance agent i tell you that about insurance and life uh investing and protecting your rainy day but also how to get to that next mountaintop so now, today's guest is going to help us deal with one thing that most of you have in your life. It's called fear. According to creditkey.com, 75% of people are afraid of public speaking, women more so than men. So today I want to help you deal with that fear. I'm sure I don't have to tell you that fear is a major factor in whether we succeed or we fail. I don't like using the word failure. Let's use the word don't move forward instead of failure. So today my guest is a young man named Brendan Kumarsami. I hope I pronounced that correctly. <laughs> so Brendan, thank you for joining us. Hey, it's great to be here, Mark. Excellent. I, I want you to tell us a little bit about you, Brendan. Of course. So for me, the story all started when I was in college. I went to business school and my goal is to never be an entrepreneur. It was to be an accountant, which is exactly what I studied. And in that journey, I did these competitions called case competitions. Think of it like professional sports, but for nerds, Mark. So all the guys my age were playing baseball or football or rugby. I was one of those guys. I did presentations competitively and that's how I learned how to speak. But as I got older, I started to coach the other students in college and university, mostly to help them win competitions. And that's what accidentally built up my expertise to start Master Talk, the YouTube channel, with the hope of providing free resources for the whole world, which later turned into a coaching business for executives. Okay, excellent, excellent, excellent. So what do you think is the biggest challenge people have when it comes to public speaking? I mean, okay, so... It's the sheer fear, you know, you're, you're there, someone calls your name, it's like, what do I do? So what, what do you think the biggest challenge is to, be, to, to move beyond that fear or to, to, to tackle that fear? 
Absolutely, Mark. So fear is definitely one of those big challenges for sure. And the way that I always see it is communication is like a boxing match. I'm not the type of person that will say you just remove your fear. There's no silver bullet. Even I'm scared of communication to a certain degree, except that level is different, which is let's say me and you are getting lunch and Elon Musk calls me while we're eating. And he goes, hey, I really liked your episode on Protect the Dream with Mark. And I really liked your YouTube channel. Can you coach me? I'll pay you a million dollars. Would I be scared? Absolutely. So going back to this, it's not about removing the fear, but rather making sure that the message matters more. So going back to that boxing match analogy, Mark, one side of the ring is that fear. I'm scared. I don't want to do it. I'm worried. And the other side of the ring is why does this matter? Why is it important? The goal is to make sure that when both meet in the ring and the bell rings, that your message gets the knockout punch and wins every single day of the week. Okay, so when that bell rings, right, how do we come out of the corner fighting? <laughs> I'm just trying to use your analogy. So, okay, so you get there and then what? Um, you know, I think one of the big problems we have is we'll, we'll stand there and we'll say, uh, how do we combat that? Right, Mark. So, so there's two parts to the question. Very well stated, I must say. So let's start with the first one. Let's use me as an example. Why did I think I could share YouTube videos on communication for the world? Just to line it up, I didn't have any money when I started Master Talk. I was broke on my mother's couch right before I started working my corporate gig. I have a bachelor's degree in accounting. Most people who post videos on YouTube have PhDs in communication. I had every fear in the world. I had every excuse, every reason not to do it. So why did I believe that I could? The reason is very simple. Who is going to create videos, Mark, for the 12-year-old girl who can't afford a communication coach? Because that 12-year-old girl, she can't relate to a 55-year-old executive. She can't relate to the guy with the PhD. So I realized in that moment that either I made the videos or nobody else makes the videos. And that motivator, that importance was so great that I crushed my fear every single time. It was just so important for me to do it that I was able to knock it out. In the same way, there's so many things in our life, and this is really a key piece to this, we need to remind ourselves, Mark, of how powerful we already are. Think about this. There's so many hard things we've already accomplished in our life. A big one for a lot of people listening to this is immigrating countries. Some people were in like civil wars, like my mom was in a civil war, right, in Sri Lanka, and she moved to, to Canada, first world country. That's way harder than knowing how to communicate ideas. We just need to acknowledge that difference. The last piece is what you talked about, filler words. Ums, ahs, is. Why do we say them? We say them to buy time. So if you ask me a question, I go, uh, 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 to buy myself time. But what the best speakers in the world do, Mark, is they're not smarter than us because they need to buy time to think too. They just replace those ums and ahs with pausing. And that's the secret. I'm going to hit you with this. Are you ready? It feels it feels like talking to you is a boxing match. <laughs> so look, I have a big I have a big personal issue. Okay. I tend to stumble over my words. So here's your challenge today. I want you to show me how I can improve myself by uh by see there's an uh, by not stumbling over my words. You're on. Go ahead. Sure, Mark. It feels like we're going to be fighting in a boxing match very soon. So, so here's what I would say. Let's, let's simplify this for people. 
communication is like juggling 18 balls at the same time. Okay. So one of those balls is eye contact. One of them is not rambling. One of them is storytelling. One of them is body language. And if you try and do all 18 at the beginning, all of those balls will fall to the floor. That's why a lot of us can't build up communication mastery quickly. In the same way, by the way, like with weight loss, it's sure it's, it's hard, but if you have the right systems and you start to see your weight going down, momentum gets built up really quickly. You're like, I lost 10 pounds in two weeks. Okay, I got this. And then you build it up. That momentum is hard to measure and capitalize on in communication. So what does that look like for you if you're my client, Mark? I start with ball number one, which is called the random word exercise. Pick a random word like cell phone, like toilet paper, like light bulb, and create presentations out of thin air with a random word. This does two things for us. One, it helps us deal with uncertainty because life is filled with it. Small talk's a great example. When you're meeting somebody new for the first time, you have no idea what that conversation is going to look like. So if you can talk about avocados for 30 seconds, you can talk about anything, which brings me to point number two. The second reason we do this, and I tell people this all the time, if you can make sense out of nonsense, you can make sense out of anything. And that's why I would encourage you to do the random word exercise a few times a day. Here's what we're going to do. I love that video with the random word exercise. So I have three random words for you, my friend. Dad, you maybe do three. Usually people uh, well, maybe just do one. Well, I got three. This, this, this. We're here to help, man. <laughs> all right, throw, all right, throw, throw, throw them at me, and I'll. All do right, it. first random word. Chamomile. What is it? Can I get a definition? Chamomile. Uh, it is a herb that, that tea is made out of. Okay, sure. Chamomile? Did I get yes, the pronunciation? Yes, chamomile. Okay, awesome. So here I go. So obviously I didn't get the word prior to this conversation for those of you listening to this. Every day of my life starts not with a cup of coffee, because coffee makes me jittery, but rather with a cup of tea, and ideally with a little chamomile. Because that's what tea is made out of. And growing up as a kid, Mark, I always loved drinking black tea. I would have so many black teas that I would actually get jittery too. And the reason I love tea is because it allows me, whether there's a little chamomile in it or not, to really enjoy the simplicity that life has to offer. When you're sipping on that hot brew in the morning and looking at the garden and enjoying the simplicities of life, that's what reminds us of the moments that matter. So I ask you all today, do not focus on the Rolex watches, the big cars, the shiny objects. Maybe, just maybe, happiness can be found in a cup of tea with a little, just a little bit of chamomile. There you go. Very good. Very good. Very good. <clears throat> Word number two. Hydrogen. Hydrogen. Gotcha. I remember when I was in high school and my parents told me, you should be a doctor. And I looked at him and I said, I don't think so. When I was trying to learn oxygen and hydrogen in my science classes, it was really hard for me to memorize that periodic table. So I told them back then, that if I can't even memorize that, mom, how am I supposed to become a doctor? Because all of those kids practically grow up memorizing that table. Yet, I still made a decision, Mark, to take chemistry and physics in my last year of high school. And I worked really hard to get my 70s and 80s practicing and memorizing hydrogen and helium and, and all of these elements to make sure that I do well on these tests. And what I love about science is, is that it's a source of truth. 
it allows us through hypotheses to test what works and what doesn't. So hydrogen is a great example of something that we've tested and proven. We know it exists in the atmosphere in the same way that when it comes to our ideas, when it comes to protecting our dream and making it come to life, I encourage all of you today, not just to rely on a periodic table and facts, but to actually test like any great scientist would test what works and test what doesn't until you figure out the path forward to be successful. And Hey, maybe it's an invention around hydrogen in your case. That's that's pretty good. That's very good. Well, okay. I've got one more to test you with. Go ahead. Vibranium. I need a definition again. A vibranium is a metal only found in the country of Wakanda. Wakanda. Okay. Wakanda. Vibranium. Vibranium. If, if you're if you're a if you're a Black Panther fan, you'll <laughs> I'm not, unfortunately. We're, we're actually going to watch Wakanda Forever during the Christmas vacation next okay. month. So, so, so I have no. Go ahead. Sorry. You're all good. Vibranium. Yeah, vibranium. I was really sad a few years ago, Mark, when I heard that Chadwick Boseman passed away. And what it, I learned so much about his story and how he led, of course, the main character in Black Panther when, when the franchise started, is the idea that you need to learn to be strong. In some ways, as we always like to say, you need to be a man of steel. I like his saying, which is you need to be a man of vibranium, a metal that is so strong that allows you to be resilient regardless of the situations that you might have in your life. And I ask all of you today, in the same way that Chad Wick lived his life and led from that point of view of vibranium, from that point of building that sheer will and that metal, to being successful. What are you made out of? Are you made out of the same vibranium that he is? Or are you made out of stick? And I'm not just talking about your actual body. We already know that you're 60% water. I'm talking about the mental game. What is your mental game made out of? Is it made out of water? Because if it is, it'll get cut through really quickly. So I encourage you to develop the mindset of someone who is a man of steel, a man of vibranium, so that you too can penetrate any barrier and achieve and protect any of the dreams that you might have in this world. Well, I'm gonna give I'm gonna I'm gonna give you an applaud for that. That that's really good. That that's impressive. That's impressive. That's impressive. And it really kind of shows how you thinking on your feet. Now, when I said vibranium, you didn't have really have a clue what I was talking about. That's okay, but you were able to take that and and mold into something that was really actually relevant when you see the movie you, you understand what you just said was actually very relevant to to what vibranium was without even knowing it that that was very good i'm impressed we try i'm able to read minds too it's a very different a different podcast <laughs> now what i'm gonna ask the question this way what are the practical benefits of being a an excellent presenter, in your opinion? Of course. So there's a lot of ways we can tackle this question. Let's start with the most important one. I believe in my heart of hearts that anyone listening to this should be a great communicator, whether they invest in it or not. And I'll tell you why. Because it impacts every area of your life, Mark. Presenting is not just about being great in the boardroom. 
It's not just about getting the next promotion or doing well in a job interview. It's the way that you raise your family. It's the way that you talk to your children. It's the way that you make new friends. It's the way that you meet somebody at a park and just have an impromptu conversation. It's about leading a more fulfilling life. That's why I call communication the accelerant of dreams. It doesn't matter what the dream is. Communication is an accelerant. It helps you amplify and allow you to achieve whatever that is a lot faster. And that's what presentations allows you to do. Whether that goal is to stand out in the corporate world Presentations helps you stand out because you're able to communicate an idea in such a way that people gravitate towards your message. Whether it's to be a visionary CEO and own your own business, presenting allows you to stand out from your competition and create a personal brand that is attached to the products and services that you're selling. But also importantly, in the way that we set an example for our communities. If we're a great presenter and we lead, that's what makes people want to be more like us and make the world a better place. So I'm going to flip this and ask you, uh, is there anything about being presented that can be a hindrance? I don't believe so, personally. I think the only part I would draw, Mark, to hindrance is it depends on the context. So communication is always contextual, right, to the situation that you're in. Mm -hmm. So you don't want to be this vivacious speaker if you're doing a boardroom presentation in front of ten, the ten, top 10 executives. It doesn't make sense for that area. So you need to tone down your energy for those types of scenarios. So I would say it's a hindrance if someone doesn't know how to use the weapon correctly, right? There's a, there's a great quote on this by the famous card game, Magic of the Gathering. It's a card named The Burning Wish. I got this from Alex Hermosi. And, and he says this, she wished for the weapon, but not the strength to wield it. So what does that mean? You can't just wish for storytelling. You also need to be able to use storytelling in the right way, at the right place, at the right time, so that it lands your message home for the audience that you're speaking to, to achieve your key idea. But if you're not able to do that, you won't get the results you're looking for. Excellent. Excellent. So I was uh, looking at your website, your, your, I'm sorry, your YouTube channel, uh, Master Talk. I'd, I'd advise anyone who is looking for some help to really pay attention to what Brenda is talking about on his on his uh, YouTube channel, um, and you said in your in your channel you you did a you did a piece on adding passion, adding passion to your presentation, and you said um, that you I wrote it down here that adding passion to your voice is an art and not a science. Can you speak to that a bit? Absolutely, Mark. So what do I mean by this? Passion at the end of the day is subjective, right? What does passion even mean? Like, can you look at passion? You can look at passion fruit, but that's pretty much all you got visually. So the idea is we need to try different tones, different ways of speaking until we convey what passionate means for our specific way of communicating. So that's why in that video, what I do, which I believe is point number two, is the 10 vocal tone test, where I say the word passion 10 different times, where I would do something like passion, passion, passion. So you see the different ways of conveying, but one of those 10 ways is the most appropriate for that context. So in other words, what I'm trying to say to simplify things is there's two ways to be more passionate. One is to change your facial expressions. 
make sure you're smiling a little bit when you're conveying your ideas so that it shows passion through your nonverbals. And the second piece is to adjust your vocal tones in a way that you're passionate enough that it resonates. Because if you're too passionate, you're too loud, you're alienating your audience. And if your passionate is too low, people don't believe you. So they go, oh, you're not really passionate at all. He's just making this up. So you need to find that in between. And honestly, the only way to do that is to test. Okay, so you what you would suggest then if I'm doing a presentation, I gather a few friends and say, hey, guys, I need you to be my guinea pigs or uh, or would you say sometimes just kind of throwing it out there and kind of adjusting as you go, I guess, trying to feel the crowd, I guess, uh, as you go, which is the uh, which is the better route? I, I love the first piece that you mentioned, Mark. I think the only rebuttal I would have is only do that for high-risk presentation or high stakes because you can't do that with everybody. Every presentation, bring your friends. They might not have time. But definitely for that one presentation that month that matters, I actually do this when I prepare for speaking competitions where I just get friends to do, hey, this is the one presentation I'm doing this quarter. I'd love for all of you to just take a look. And they'll say, ah, oh, you're too passionate here. You're not passionate enough here. And then we find that tone in the same way I've adjusted mine over time of, of guesting on podcasts. Excellent. Awesome. Awesome. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to put you to task one more time. You said that you like to rap. <laughs> you're really going to force me to rap? <laughs> I was going to give it a shot and see what happened, man. <laughs> if that's okay. If you don't want to do it, that's, that's, I'm cool with that. But, um, you did a couple of techniques that I thought were quite interesting. Um, are you a technique in, in how you, I guess, warmed up for your speaking? Um, oh, what was it now? What was the word you used? I've forgotten the word you used, but it, it, when you were talking about, the rapping you use you use this technique and i thought it was interesting interesting um i guess in the way you 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 talk to yourself or you uh express you take a particular word and you and you will yell it you're speaking in terms of karaoke mm. right i don't know if you can kind of maybe explain that a little bit to us yeah i i, I think i know what you're trying to say which is so what so there's two things that i do to practice my vocal tones consistently outside of the random word exercise so the first one is i rap a lot because it, it helps me pace different tones so like sometimes i do drake sometimes i do you know jack harlow like i always switch it up because they all have different rhythms of how they communicate so it helps me as well change the way that i communicate too so that's one piece. And the other piece that I do with karaoke, and this is a fun fact, is I speak three languages fluently, English, French, and Tamil, but I can karaoke in eight languages wow. across a multitude of languages. And what the, the reason why I do this, and I'm not a good singer or a good rapper, I just want to make sure that's clear on the record. <laughs> like I would not be able to produce a career, at least I don't think, a successful one. So what happens is if you can talk in languages you don't understand, it's actually really easy for you to pronounce it and enunciate words in your first language. So example, let's let, let me do a couple of switches. Let's say I go Italian. Buongiorno, come stai? Molto bene, Eli. That's Italian. Right? Japanese is more Ohio, gozaimasu, genki desu which is hi, good morning, how are you? French is more bonjour, comment allez-vous aujourd'hui? So notice I'm switching effortlessly between languages or in Korean, right, which is high in, in Korean. But notice how the pronunciation is right across all of those languages. Not that people would know if they're listening to the podcast. But the point is, because I'm forcing myself to enunciate them, it makes speaking in English really easy. How, how, 
how does cadence play a role in in speaking? Um, in various, you talk different languages. When you when you talk mm-hmm. different languages, you'll find that uh, where they put the emphasis in their in their cadence and in their emphasis in their wording tends to change. And uh, for some people, that some people tend not to listen uh, close enough to be able to understand the the the, the context of the sentence or even the sentence practically itself. But so is practicing cadence uh, for the group that you're addressing really important or should you just kind of be yourself and roll with the cadence that you are normally uh, you're normally you normally come comes out of your mouth for sure mark so what i would say for cadence is let's go back to the 18 ball analogy cadence is probably ball number nine in the sense that I would start with the random or like book 50 minutes calendar every day for everyone listening and do that random word exercise every day. Because if you're not able to do that consistently, not do it well, to just do it in general, it's really hard to work on pacing. So for example, and what I'll say to that, I have a whole video on pace, but I'll, I'll summarize okay. it here, which is the best communicators on the planet speak quickly and slowly at the same time. Because if you're too fast all the time, it's really overwhelming. But if you're also too slow all the time, you're boring. So you have to mix pace. So I call it the roller coaster of emotion where you're constantly switching pace. And for those of you really paying attention to my cadence, you'll realize that I'm actually changing up my pace all the time as I'm communicating to keep the attention of the crowd. So the goal, and this is what I teach clients to that people can copy. I put pictures of turtles in their script whenever I want them to slow down. And I put pictures of race cars whenever I want them to speed up. So that's how they, they vary their pace. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Well, Brendan, thank you. Thank you for joining me here on Protect the Dream Project. Um, where can people find you? Like if, if they want to get in touch with you, maybe they want to become a client for Brendan uh, Kumar, Kumar Sammy. I'm so sorry. I keep I butchered your name, but I, I'm trying my best to say it right. How can how can they become a client of yours or where can they reach you, Brendan? Absolutely, Mark. It was a pleasure to be on your show. And and thanks for also pushing me. That was the hardest random bird sprint I've ever done, actually. So, <laughs> so you really put in the effort, which, which I appreciate because it gives me a chance to showcase my expertise. So I love it. So, so two ways to keep in touch. The first one is the YouTube channel, Master Talk in One Word. You'll have access to hundreds of free videos on how to communicate ideas. And the second way to keep in touch, for those of you who are interested in being a client, I do a free workshop on communication every two weeks over Zoom that are that's live and interactive, but you can turn off your camera. Then you get to see all my tips live in, on a Zoom. So if you want to jump in on that, it's completely free. Go to rockstarcommunicator.com. All right, so we will we will put that up for for those of you watching watching this uh, uh, podcast. We'll be putting that up on the screen, and for those who are are listening uh, to it uh, again, it is rockstarcommunicator.com. That's correct. It. Okay, great. Well, Brandon, thank you, thank you for joining us today. Uh, I appreciate. It. Maybe maybe when I get up to uh, where you are there in, in Montreal, I, I'll uh, we'll connect when I get up there. I'm up there relatively often. Um, it's been a pleasure. Likewise, Thank Mark. Thanks for having me. Now, I usually have a big send-off. I'm lying. I don't usually have a big send-off. <laughs> I'm working on a big send-off. It, it, I just haven't come up with one yet. But uh, for all of you who are, are listening, uh, if you want to get in touch with me, my email address is mldeleoninsurance at gmail.com. 
or you can find me at Protect the Dream Project on YouTube and on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, where we're available as well, too. And uh, you can find me on LinkedIn as well, too. Just look up uh, Mark.DeLeon uh, advisor, advisor on LinkedIn. So thank you very much, Brendan. Have a great day.